Hi, I'm Felicity and welcome to We Are YA The Check-In, a weekday chat with young adult authors. We're checking in and seeing how your favourite young adult authors are doing at home during this very unique time and, of course, talking about their books. My guest today is Isabel Sterling, an LGBTQ advocate and educator by day and a YA author by night. When she's not writing about magic, murder, Isabel can be found lost in a good book, marathoning her favourite shows or relaxing by the lake. She lives in central New York with her wife and their brood of fairy children, cats Oliver and December, and a beagle mix named Lily. Isabel is the author of These Witches Don't Burn, which is out now, and the sequel, This Coven Won't Break, coming this May. Isabel, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great. And where I'm, so I'm com- you're in New York. Are you still there right now? Yeah. So we're in kind of a rural part of central New York, about 40 minutes south of Syracuse. Okay. And in terms of community, are you guys feeling strong, feeling good and healthy? Yeah, we're, we're doing pretty well. We actually, my family, we had a, like an online chat last night because um, we're Aww. pretty local, but we're all, um, my wife and then my brother's fiance both work in healthcare. So we are definitely not visiting any relatives right now. <laughs> Good. Yeah, it's, everyone's loving. I'm watching a lot of Google Hangouts and Zooms, which yeah. like uh, look look weirdly fun. Yeah, we were getting um, picked on because our internet was not as good as everybody else's. Oh, <laughs> I mean that's not necessarily a bad thing in these moments. Sometimes the internet's worse. Yeah. <laughs> well, your debut novel, These Witches Don't Burn, came out last May. Firstly, for those who haven't heard anything about it, tell us about the book. Yeah. So These Witches Don't Burn is basically kind of an equal thirds about magic, mystery, and romance. Um, So it follows Hannah Walsh, who is a queer teen witch in modern day Salem, who has to team up with her ex-girlfriend to protect their coven from what they think is an evil blood witch. Mm-hmm. So, ooh, that's a great pitch. That's so good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and but you've so the book is set in Salem, Massachusetts, which is like for witches very like almost legendary, kind of like a missing plane in the Bermuda Triangle. What was it about Salem, sort of beyond the obvious, that drew you to putting it there? Yeah. So I mean, I I don't know. It's, as a little kid, I've always been obsessed with witches. Um, I think even before we, we read The Crucible in like middle school. Um, so I've just always loved it, and it just felt like the most obvious you put it. Um, and then it was actually really helpful because between the first draft and the second draft, my wife and I actually went to Salem and got to like walk around Ooh. the town and visit. Um, and that really like infused a lot of really cool stuff into the book. And was there any sort of facts or anything that you've learned that you didn't know or sort of think that people think is like a real thing that's actually not true about Salem? Hmm. I think, I mean, for me, it was interesting seeing how, you know, many people were there kind of really embracing it and just sort of that kind of weird juxtaposition of like a lot of people like died because of this. And yet it's like this weird kind of like attraction. <laughs> um, yeah. It's sort of like a weird, like, what is going on? Like, why are we so excited about this? I mean, and I'm guilty of it too, but also like people died. <laughs> so it's, it's a weird, it's a weird vibe. I know. I think it's probably the distance between history of like, <laughs> yeah, it's okay yeah. now to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But the book itself is actually like a murder mystery as well. And sort of like at the whole time I was reading it, I was kind of getting this really like obviously the witchy paranormal element, but it felt like almost like a Karen McManus kind of novel with clues and suspects and red herrings and things. And did you like have a wall chart that you kept everything in, in, in line or were you just kind of like throwing stuff in there? So for the first draft, I definitely just kind of like threw it all in there. Um, I do most of my work in revision. So when I was revising, Mm -hmm. I actually had to create an Excel spreadsheet 
where I tracked chapter by chapter who was a suspect oh. and why they were a suspect. And then I also had to track when they were sort of like a longer a suspect so that Hannah wasn't kind of circling back to people we'd already kind of uh, said that they were not the person. Right. Did you find between that first and second draft that you'd made sort of a couple of mistakes in that process of like, oops, I've already called that person innocent? Yeah, well, I, it's, it's funny because my first draft, I almost threw out the whole thing and redid it. So there's a lot of characters who exist uh, in the first draft who never came. Um, the love interest, Morgan, didn't exist in the first draft, so she had to get added. Whoa! Yeah, the first draft also did not have any magic. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, ha- how did that happen? <laughs> yeah, so the very first draft, I said it so that it was Hannah was... Um, the descendant of like the witches of who were part of like the Salem witch trials and then I wrote the first draft and I was revising it and I was like oh this is boring it needs magic so that I created the witch clans and everything else love it yeah everything's always better when you throw in some more magic yes always (laughs) (laughs) well and the magic itself and the sarcasm and the relationships kind of all set in this paranormal slash weird weird circumstancy world to me i'm a little old school it felt a lot like buffy the vampire slayer in terms of it's like the high school setting but also like terrible crazy dark magic things are happening is that deliberate is there any other shows or books that kind of you know you felt that when you were writing it am i way off base with that oh so i loved buffy so much Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of i just read so many and watched so many witchy things it all sort of like is infused into who i am so i don't actively think about them what i'm writing but buffy for sure i was obsessed with um charmed then i'm also obsessed with the new reboot is amazing um okay i also watched a little bit of the original sabrina um and then i also probably a couple years before i drafted this i read rachel hawkins's hex hall series which is super fun and witchy and there's vampires and that was also super great so I think all those things kind of just mixed together in my head. Mm-hmm. No, that's no, so true. I could, And now you say Hexel, I see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Um, and in terms of the other things, I'm just going to talk about the things that I loved about this because it's my <laughs> podcast. Fair, fair. <laughs> but one of the men, yeah, it's the rules. But I think one of the things I really loved in particular was that Hannah's story as, um, you know, her sexuality was very present and like, you know, straight out of the gate, you're having these this discussions, but it's also not what the book is about. Mm-hmm. And it feels like that was very clearly intentional, but I could be reading that wrong. Yeah, no, it was definitely intentional. And it's actually funny. And I think I've talked about this other places, but when I wrote the first draft of this book, I didn't know that I was queer and I just, but Hannah was always kind of how she was. And then after I finished writing it, I was like, oh, there's a reason I keep writing books like this. Um, So it helped Mm -hmm. me kind of come out. And then as I was kind of going through in revision, I I really wanted it to be a book where, you know, her sexuality very much kind of informs how she sees the world, but it's never like a plot point. Um, And I think uh, Dahlia Adler actually recently talked about this in an article for a tour um, about how you know, sexuality isn't a plot point in a lot of books now. It's sort of just a character detail and she calls it an informative gaze. And I think that is very applicable to how I look at my work. Yeah. Oh, and it's totally what I was reading. Yeah. That's the story of like, it's part of Hannah and it's part of who she is, but it's not all she is. Mm -hmm. And Isabel, you talked about discovering that you were queer. It's sort of an, I want to say older age than some people kind of think that everyone knows that they're queer. Is that something that you are happy to talk about? Share some details with us? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so f- is it? Is- yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was like, go ahead. No, you tell your story. Yeah. So I actually, funnily enough, so I 
um, when I first was writing books, like so I, These Witches Don't Burn is actually the fourth book that I wrote. So the first three, um, they kept getting like more and more queer. And I had friends who were also queer writers and they would be like, hey, so like, what's your deal? And I'd be like, I'm super straight, but I'm a good ally. <laughs> and, then I, <laughs> and then I wrote this book. And then um, sort of like while I was finishing up the book, I actually had a crush on a woman. And I was like, oh, OK, now I get it. Like, this is what's going on. Um, but I was 26 at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. yeah, a little bit older than I think most people. But I think part of it for me, why it was confusing is, you know, being bisexual, I did, you know, I was attracted to men. So I was like, oh, well, mm -hmm. you know, that's what's going on. Um, so yeah, it can be confusing. And not everybody knows when they're, you know, 15. Yeah. And I think that in YA, we see a lot of stories about um, different queer experiences, but I think a lot of messages to young to young teens at the moment, particularly, is around discovering that and being confident in that early, and that's so important. But also, there's another story about maybe you don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, I have to ask you about the exciting the sequel is coming in May. Yay! This coven what this coven yay this coven won't break. Which I have to say, I love your book titles; they're really good. And every time <laughs> I hear the next one, I'm like, yes, that's so cool. Um, but is there any secrets that you can tell us? Of course, without for those who haven't read it, and what are you doing? These witches don't burn. <laughs> if, if they haven't read that, is there any kind of secret stuff that you can hint without spoiling, which is going to be really hard to do? Yeah. Um, so in this Coven Won't Break, Hannah, she's dealing with sort of the fallout of everything that happens in her first book. The villain is bigger and badder than ever. The stakes are higher. Um, but, you know, she's still got to make time for her best friend, Gemma, and also time to make out with her new girlfriend, of course. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of um, fan favorites from the first book that get to come back. And I'm also really excited because there's a new character, Alice, who is the girl with the pink hair on the cover. And she is super snarky and I cannot wait for people to meet her. Yay! Oh, that's exciting. I'm excited by all of that. Well, I had a lot of questions, as we have just learned, but so did fans. And so we put the call out and asked fans if they had questions. And I have to narrow it down, unfortunately, to two. So I've picked my two favourite questions. And the first one is from Instagram, and it's from Sammy Tester. And she wants to know, which elemental witch would you be? Ooh, so I would definitely be of so of in the book so there's elementals casters and blood witches and I feel like I would definitely be an elemental and I feel like I would um probably lean towards being stronger in water magic I think that would be cool okay okay and I think a lot of the questions centered around that they loved the world that you've created of like the elementals and the casters and things can you explain that a little bit more for me? yeah so there are three different witch clans so elementals control the four elements so earth air fire and water um, kind of like if um, everyone was an avatar, a la Avatar The Last Airbender, um, they can all do all mm -hmm. four. Um, and then the casters, so they're mostly brewing like potions and things. And then blood witches are a little bit mysterious. Um, and everybody thinks they're creepy and gross because they work with blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. Um, and then the other question was from Helen Fox Ravenclaw, also from Instagram. And she wanted to know, when did you discover writing was something that you were good at? Ooh, um, so I was always pretty good at writing, like, in, like, high school, like, writing papers and stuff. But I didn't actually start writing creatively until I was in grad school. And I was um, actually kind of miserable because I had gone from four years of music school. And then I went into a grad program that was very, like research heavy because um, I had a, a degree in student affairs. So I used to like work on a college campus. Um, and while I was in that degree, I was just like so missing being creative. And one day I was, mm -hmm. I was going to my grandma's house and I was like, I should write a book. That would be fun. 
And I did write a book and it was really fun. <laughs> and then I just never stopped. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of people who sort of go one path and not realizing there's other ways to express their creativity in their mm. art. So I love that. Um, now I have to ask our check-in questions because yeah. we're checking in with you. Uh, have, do you work from home often? Are you, a, is this you, or are you a new transplant to home life? Yeah. So I'm um, doing like my day job work from home is new, but I do most of my writing at home. Okay, so what are your tips or your suggestions or your don't do suggestions? <laughs> um, so I think the biggest thing is just trying lots of things until you figure out like what works for you and for your brain. Um, so those mm -hmm. things for me is I like, especially with now that I've got the day job at home, having a firm start and stop time. Um, so that way you don't sort of just work 24-7, I think is important. Yeah. Um, I also try to get the most important thing done first. So for me, I get up, I write first thing before my day job starts. Um, that way I can get my writing done. I've got something new brewing. Ooh. Yes, I'm very excited. <laughs> and then also just like being kind to yourself if you're not super productive. Um, I basically, honestly, like this last week with all of the COVID stuff, I was super stressed and I basically did no writing. And I'm not going to beat myself up, but yeah. like it happened. <laughs> We're going through a really weird time as a society and, you know, I'm not going to make it worse by being yeah. to myself. No, and I think Jen Dugan, who was on the show last week, had a similar point that was so great and I think it's a really important message of like, this is not a normal time and to try and recreate a new normal feels like like we're, it, it, you've got to accept that things will be odd and weird. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Jen and I are friends and she actually gave me some of that advice. She was like, don't be a jerk to yourself. <laughs> just take it day by day. I think Jen should just give out advice to everybody then. We'll just have her as our, our regular check-in person. Sounds great. <laughs> we love her yes um and in terms of so obviously as you said downtime is important and sort of ending the day mm -hmm. when you end the day what are your top book recommendations for people to yeah read? so I have a lot so we'll try to maybe whittle some of them down so <laughs> speaking of Jen um her new book Verona Comics that comes out in I think April is mm -hmm. amazing it's April, I'm yeah. so excited for people to read it it's so so mm -hmm. good um I also really love Reverie by Ryan LaSala that was super mm -hmm, fun mm -hmm. Um, also I think, so there are some books that just feel like drinking hot cocoa and that book for me is Sick Kids in Love by Hannah Moskowitz. It's just like so mm -hmm. soothing. Um, mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. I have not read the sequel yet, but we set the dark on fire by Taylor K. Mejia. So good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so very excited for the I, sequel. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of people pick that up at the moment, which is like sort of good, a good sign. I think. It's just such a really like interesting world building and such a creative way they sort of like the sort of way she builds like myths into how that creates her society. Oh, it's so good. And I can't wait for to read the sequel. Okay. Good, good suggestion. Yeah. And in terms of any fantastic TV shows to binge, anything that you're like, this is going to make you feel okay about the world. Um, so the good place is amazing. And I sobbed at the ending. Mm. So good though. <gasps> me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, I am currently obsessed with the show Lucifer. I just started watching it like a week ago and I'm already on season four. <laughs> Uh, okay wow. that's really good um also uh it's sort of airy now but stump town if you like sort of a bisexual detective who's kind of a mess uh that's really great um i love kobe smolder yes. so i'm like and i've seen i've and also jack and also jack johnson yeah so i've seen people talking about it and then i didn't realize that she was bisexual and then i saw someone talk about that and i was like wait a second yeah. no one's telling me that this murder mystery kind of cop show on abc has a bisexual lead. yeah it's great um and i'm also super obsessed with the updated version or the rebooted charmed 
so good. Okay. Um, so I don't know if you've seen the new Charmed, but it's so it's still three sisters, but they're Latinx, and one of them is queer, and it's just amazing. Oh no, I haven't. So that's the thing. I kind of yeah, I grew up in a Charmed original era. And, you know, yeah. I was a ride or die Pi- Piper and Leo girl. <laughs> and it's so nice because it, it very much like, you know, sort of like pays its respect to the original, but tries to be its own thing. And it's not trying to like replace oh, or redo it. So I think oh, it's so good. I think that season two is okay. airing right now. Good. I should. Um, that's going on my list. Um, and are you a podcast listener? Yes. Mostly book podcasts, though. Okay, what what are you what are your book podcast recs? So I love the worst bestsellers. Um, so they read okay. um, books and they're kind of like snarky and fun. And they play games with them. Um, that I always had a good laugh out of that. Um, I also really love First Draft with Sarah Any for kind of long form mm-hmm. interviews. Also, sort of in the similar vein, Ride or Die with Clara Bell, Ortega and Cat Show is very very good. Um, great podcast yeah. and then for people who are interested in kind of like the really kind of nitty gritty industry stuff I really like Ditch Diggers and that's with Mer Lafferty mm-hmm. and Matt Wallace so that's sort of more adult science fiction and fantasy kind of based but it's also like really cool to see sort of the nitty gritty of stuff love it yeah they're good recommendations Thanks. Um, and are you a gamer at all do you do games I don't um, <laughs> mostly because I have a little bit of an obsessive personality so if I started gaming that's I think all I would do so I just don't <laughs> yeah I know I have I have the question in there because I was called out last week for not having it but like I'm also not a gamer so whenever when I ask the question I feel like I sound really old <laughs> and really dated <laughs> I'm like do you play on those television game things well and my wife likes but to play no. more but our dog is a of the playstation so she can't play that anymore. that's really cute well that is actually all we've got time for isabel thank you so much for joining me on we are ya the check-in today it was great having you thanks for having me um and isabel's books these witches don't burn and the upcoming this covered won't break are both available from all bookstores and if you're at home they're also available in both ebook and audio on your favorite platforms you can follow Isabel on both Instagram at ISA underscore, underscore Sterling and Twitter at ISA Sterling, all one word. Tomorrow we check in with Austin Sigmund Broker and Emily Wibbly, the dynamic duo we, and I mean me, call their call by... Tomorrow we check in with Austin Sigmund Broker and Emily Wibbly, the dynamic duo we call, and by we, I mean me, their couple portmanteau were Broker. They're the authors of the rom-com instant classics, Always Never Yours, and If I'm Being Honest, and the upcoming Time of Our Lives. See you tomorrow. I might give you that one more time. Portmanteau, portmanteau, portman. Don't know how to say it by their couple name.